0: Welcome to New Life Miami. And thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nlmiami.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are love. Today's part four. Write this down in your notes. It's gonna be titled. Put it in heaven. Put it in heaven. Look at the person next to you and say, put it in heaven. Mm -hmm. You missed that other person. Tell them, put it in heaven. Week one, we we went into a, a message and we titled it, Today You Will Be With Me in Paradise. How many of you were blessed by week one? Week two, we shared on the heart of heaven. Any amens? Last week was special. If you were here for Father's Day, I mean, I'm, I'm still, like, recovering from that message and from that time together. We, we shared a message, Bold Like Heaven. How many of you were blessed from last week as well? Bold Like Heaven. How many of you were blessed from last week's message as well? I meant Bold Like Heaven. And today, as we jump into our final installment, part four of Paradise, we're going to call it Put It in Heaven. And you'll see what I'm talking about. But as we kick off in Matthew chapter 6... Let me give you a quick summary of what's happening here. We find ourselves in the region of Galilee. And we enter, we enter the middle of, of the longest recorded sermon uh, or the longest recorded series of teachings that were given by Jesus. Uh, what we know as being called the Sermon on the Mount. How many of you have ever heard of the Sermon on the Mount? Maybe a few of you have. Good. And, and in this part of his message, of his discourse, of his teaching... We, we're going to take a piece of it, and he, he's teaching his followers how they should pray, how they should pray. I, I've had many people some, you know, come up to me and say, hey, how, do you, how do you pray? How should you pray? And you could almost see how Jesus went through this, and he's telling his followers, this is how you should pray. And he tells them, don't pray, though, like the hypocrites do, who love to pray in places where people can see them, and they love to be repetitive and wordy to marvel people. So he takes them. He takes them through a list of of how they should pray and how they should live their lives. And and I'm going to start off on verse 9. If you could just follow with me on verse 9. And this is verse 9, Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus begins by saying this. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. How many of you have heard of that prayer before? You know, we know this prayer and we recite this prayer and we call it today, right, the the prayer of our Father, the Our Father. And that's what it's known as uh, today. And when you really study this prayer known as the Our Father, it's not necessarily a repetitive prayer. What it is, is it's a format to be guided by. It's a way of life that one should live. That's what the Our Father is really all about. Yes, pray it and don't be scared to pray it. But it's, it's really a, a prayer that should become a format of how you live your life. And that's what Jesus is teaching his followers. But there's a line that is very interesting to me that I find interesting, and it's when Jesus is praying and he says this. You're with me. He says, "Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." It's it's it's, it's an amazing phrase. Let me stop for a moment. See, we believe that you can, and if you've been here for part one and part two and part three or have been listening to it through our app, then then you know that we believe that you can experience and enjoy on earth what heaven has to offer. Amen? Amen? We believe that. Paradise on earth. We're able, we're capable of that. But as you experience it in your own personal life, we can see it. And see the fact and the reality that what this earth, what this world is missing, how many of you could agree with me and say it's missing heaven on it? God's goodness, God's glory in it, his presence filling every place of earth. How many of you could say I'm with you and I believe that that's what's missing on this earth in this world? Amen? So what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? What does that mean for us? And I believe this, that we are part, say I'm part. I'm part. We are part of a few that have kingdom in our hearts. Come on. That have paradise in our minds while living in a disobedient, prideful, and crooked world. Amen. We're different. There's, there's kingdom, kingdom objective and Kingdom mind and kingdom hearted people still living in a very dark, perverse world. Amen. So, so Jesus, some, some 2,000 plus years ago, he gives us these words, a prayer from a truth that I, that I hope is foundational in every single life in church today. And it's this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So why is earth so empty of heaven? And and why why so why are we so separated from heaven? Why is creation so separated from creator? Right? Don't we see that? How, 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 how come it's gotten to into that place? Well, I like to ask questions when I preach. Jesus loved to ask questions when he preached, and that's the educational side of me, the educator side of me. But but my question to you as we get into and dive into the text here is, is how do you Just evaluate and examine and really search your heart, your mind, your soul. How do you, how do you think? How do you live? I'm just talking to you right now because that's who's here together. How do you think and live? Listen to these thoughts for a moment, which become questions. Do you work hard to get more from this world or do you work hard to give more to this world? That's two different things. That's two different spirits. That's two different kind of people. There's the one that works hard to get more from this world, but there's the one that works hard to give more to this world. Who are you? Do you you live fearing and, and anxious for tomorrow and its problems? Do you find, or or are you different? Do you find appointments that are divinely given by God to love and to serve someone today? Like, Like really examine yourself. Who am I? Because I live in constant fear. I live in constant anxiety about tomorrow. Or do you say, what appointments are given to me divinely by God so that I can love someone and so that I can serve someone today? Hey, I'm telling you that the word of God is going to confront us today because I truly believe this. He wants us to live on earth on earth experiencing paradise, experiencing the glory of heaven. But, but I have to ask some hard questions to myself first, and now i got to ask it to my brothers and sisters. Are we so filled with those things that we miss what God really wants to do and how he wants you to serve today? Do you find time to enjoy your current blessing? Or do you miss it? Because today you're thinking of tomorrow's headache. Can I just pause for a moment and have you just examine your heart, examine your life? Do you stop and say, today I have blessings in my life and I'm going to rest in those blessings and I'm going to count those blessings and I'm going to rejoice in those blessings and I'm going to pour into those blessings and I'm going to allow those blessings to pour into me and tomorrow's headaches, let it worry tomorrow because you know what? The Bible says that tomorrow is not promised to no man. So I might as well focus on today. How many of you can say, I'm going to try today. This is the day, man. I'm going to start focusing on today. Amen. So are you set in? Are you aiming at? Are you focused on, on the things of this world and in this world which, which results in, in missing out on his kingdom and what it wants to accomplish in you today? Are you aiming? You should write that on your notes. Are you set in? Are you focused on what though? On the things of this and in this world well, if you are, you've seen yourself be very consistent in missing out on his kingdom and what it wants to do in you today. Don't not raise your hands, rhetorical question, but how many of you have missed out on kingdom living on earth because your aim and your desires and your eyesight is set on earthly, carnal, worldly things? God had so much better for you, but you delayed yourself in the process. Come on. You should have been there. Don't get me wrong. There's a grace to get you there. But you should have been there already. But you're focused on a, you're wearing a lens that you should have never put on. Amen? Don't miss out on paradise because you made a home here on earth. Or your worries are, are set on the things of this earth. Everyone say it's unwise. It's unwise to set worries on things of this earth. It's unwise to make home here on earth. It's, it's truly unwise for so many reasons, but one obvious reason that I want to share with you, and, and what I want to and what I'm gonna constantly tell you guys, it's it's this it's time that we put it in heaven. Put it in heaven. Come on, say that with me. Yeah, it's a great way to end the series. Put it in heaven. I want to spend time. Revisiting Jesus' words. Because if I'm going to mention anyone's words about heaven, it's going to be about the one that came from heaven. And, and in his words, I, I want to talk them through with you today. Because after this prayer, our Father, hallowed be thy name, that kingdom come, that will be done. on earth After he's done praying that prayer, he, he goes on to this long discourse. And what I'm going to do today with our time together is I'm going to take a part of it. Not all of it because we'll be here for, for a long time. But I'm going to take a part of it out today. And I want to talk to you in regards, and you could write this, I want to talk to you in regards to the eternal consequences due to an earthly mindset. Mm-hmm. The eternal consequences due to an earthly mindset. I want to talk to you about that for a moment. How many of you are with me today? How many of you are alive today? How many of you have breath from God today? How many of you had a cafecito today? All right, rejoice. God is good. He gave you caffeine with some sugar in it and espumita on top, baby. All right, let's do this. So throughout today, you're going to hear me say this, and I want to remind you constantly, put it in heaven. Say it one more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here we are in Matthew 6, and the Lord is showing, and as he's showing and teaching his crowd of followers, the mindset of heaven versus the mindset of this world. How many of you struggle with the mindset of this world? Thank you for being honest. Thank you so much. How many of you struggle? When you flip through the channels, when you're hanging out with some friends, when you're listening to the radio, when you're, when, you're, when you're judging yourself by someone else's post on Instagram. How many of you struggle with your identity? How many of you struggle with your mind? How many of you struggle at looking at what heaven has and is for you because you're so caught up on this earth that you live in? Come on, how many of you could say, I'm with you, pastor? Come there, man. Why would you preach this today? But as we look at paradise, I I want us to examine ourselves and see whether we think and live as one who belongs to God's kingdom or as one who belongs to the kingdom of this world. You guys know that there's, there's kingdoms being built, right? I want you to understand something here. The only reality is not the reality that you see. The greater reality is the unseen that has not been revealed yet to you. Come on. There, there is a reality of kingdoms being built. There is an earthly one that man is building. You're building kingdoms probably with your family, aren't you? You're probably building kingdoms with your jobs and your careers. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Hopefully you read between the lines. You're, you're building your own kingdom. But, but that's what I want to talk about today. Do you have a, a mindset, a that, that, that rests on the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of this world. Let's, let's flow through the scripture here for a moment and go to verse 19. That's what we're going to start with. And we're going to go all through this chapter starting on verse 19. Jesus is going to start teaching right after this prayer uh, on these truths here, this, this eternal consequences due to an earthly mindset. And in verse 19, he says this. He says, don't store up treasures here in heaven on earth. Don't store up treasures here on earth. Look what he says next where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. You've ever had something break? You've ever had something stolen? You've ever had something just rot away? I just gave away two bikes that cost me and my wife a couple years ago, I don't know how much money, all right? And we never rode bike after we had kids, and very seldom did we ride bike before we had kids. But what happened was, you know, throughout the time, through time, you know, there's this thing called rust that begins to accumulate on the chain and on the brakes. And I went to sell it, and when I took it out, the the brake goes clunk, and it falls on the floor. And the guy looks at me and he says, you're going to drop me $10? I go, no way. That's why I put it at the original price I did because I knew that was going to happen. And we got into the... This whole thing but but how many of you've ever spent something on someone that you thought it was going to be such a good investment in but after some time you saw it rot away you saw it decay before your eyes and what you bought one time for $250 you sell it on offer up for $60 Sorry I'm just getting it off my chest cuz I'm a little upset Cuz I wanted to sell it for 100 but the guy brought me down to 60 and a little bit of the flesh almost came out, but I, I kept it holy. I said, just take it. Just get away and go. How many of you have invested in something and, and you've poured into something? You, you found something as, as being treasure. And, and you took it with you. And you built on that and you, you spent time on that and You spent energy on it and you even prayed about it. Come on, because you're Christian spiritual people. Because you know God revealed this to me. Half the things that people tell you God revealed, whatever. But but you prayed about it and you sought God's guidance for it and and you did all those things. But that thing that God revealed to you today, it's moth has eaten it, and rust has caused it to be broken down. And like, what happened to the revelation from God when you first invested in that thing? God told me that's my husband. And what are you doing? Okay, this is not even going to here we go. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and the rust destroys them and where the thieves break in and steal. You know, when you read verse 19, you start to see the intensity of living on earth, don't you? Welcome to welcome to earth. Where moths eat all your goods, and where rust destroys, and where thieves break in and steal. Look at the person next to you and say, welcome to earth. Yeah, the American dream. Come on, I bet you some of you have gotten your iPhone stolen. We, we work hard for things, huh? Anyone work hard for things? We, we try to secure what's valuable to us. We, we buy homes to provide shelter and, and safety and comfort for us and for our families, but but then we see that moths eat them. Rust destroys them. Thieves break in and steal. You know what I'm talking about. We, we buy an expensive phone and it gets stolen. We have a child and it gets harmed. He gets harmed. She gets harmed. Someone harms them. You make a lot of money, but yet it doesn't satisfy. You want more. Does it sound familiar? The world we live in. Jesus says, don't store up treasures here on earth. Because, because the rest of that sentence is giving you an illustration so you could apply it to your own personal life. Yes, I know that maybe moths really haven't gone to eat some of your treasures, but, but I could tell you there are some moth-like things that have destroyed that which you have seen and felt was treasures. What rust destroys, where thieves break in and steal. Sounds familiar. So, 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 so don't store up treasures here on where? On earth. So what do I do? Someone say, what do I do? We'll look at the next verse because I believe that God's never going to leave you hanging. I believe that when Jesus gives you a teaching, he's going to give you a conclusion. I believe that when Jesus leaves you up, he's not going to leave you to hang. He's going to let you land on solid ground. I believe that as Jesus is going to set you up, he is gonna, he's going to come through and give you what you need to hear. And he starts out by saying, I see you working hard and I see you putting time. And I see you doing all these things, preparing your little kingdom because it means so much to you. But I tell you today, don't, don't. Don't store things here on earth. So what do I do, Jesus? What do I do? Verse 20 says, you store your treasure in. You store it in heaven. Why? Because I'm going to ask, why should I store it in heaven? This is why moths and rust cannot destroy and Thieves do not break in and steal. And and, and not only that, verse 21, wherever your treasure is, there, there the desires of your heart will also be. Paradise on earth. Our our treasures, Jesus is saying, are stored in heaven. But did did you see that? Let's just read the description it says but they never wear out they do not fail what, what is it saying are treasures that are stored in heaven they are safe they are safe from being stolen or from being destroyed so 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 here's here's another question ready do you find yourself in the activities of life that lead for greater earthly rewards in the present or do you store up things that have greater future reward in heaven? That's you see, that's, that's all of us. Because we worry about our retirement plan. <laughs> Some of you are like, don't talk about it because I don't even have one, and, and we, we worry. We worry about our children and what happens when they become 20 and what are they going to do and I need to support. And we worry about our wives and our and our spouses and then our friends and then our mothers. And we and we worry about when someone gets sick and then we worry about, wait a minute, I could get laid off. The five people from my job just got laid off. And, and then we worry about, uh, and we worry about, uh, I don't even know. I don't know if you guys worry about the things I worry about because I worry and I get anxious and I'm not telling you for once and I'm not excusing it. As, hey, it should be part of the norm. No, because I'm tired of it. And I'm telling you today that anxiety and worry in my life, it's not normal. It needs to be casted out. It's not from heaven. Yeah. Uh, now, don't get offended. I'm talking to myself. That, that's my worry and that's my anxiety. I'm dealing with it. And, and he says, store your treasures in heaven and, and wherever your treasure is, there there the desires of your heart will also be. Our, our treasures stored up in heaven are, are in a safer place, a place that doesn't fail, it's not destroyed. So you find yourself uh, in the activities of life that how I'm building my own self-kingdom here in the present or I'm doing everything here on earth because what awaits me in the future and eternity. You know, there's two kinds of people. So how do I know where my treasure is being stored? How how do you know where your treasure is being stored? Maybe you're sitting here today, you're talking about this treasure, but I have no idea what you're talking about. How can I even begin? Where do I scratch the surface? Like Where do I start? Give me point number one. Where do I begin to figure out if I'm laying treasures in heaven or on earth? Someone help me. And that's probably easy today. Well, here it is. It's defined for you in the scripture. You ready? How do I know where my treasure is being stored? Verse 21. Can everyone go to verse 21? Wherever your treasure is, there are the desires of what? of your heart will also be. So what does that mean then? It means that you're on earth and you live here. And the question that you need to ask yourself is this. Are the desires of my heart rooted? I'll say it slow because I want all of you to get this answer. Are the desires of my heart rooted in a biblical kingdom worldview or in a quick Prospering yet perishing earthly worldview. Right when I said that, you know what you stand in and what you're living for. You know where your heart is. There's your treasure. So if it's on the second one, on the earthly worldview, Jesus gives us the answer already. What happens to what you're building on earth? It's going to rust. It's going to be destroyed. It's going to be taken from you because there's only one place where it's safe. There's only one place where it stays forever. There's only one place where it's guarded. There's only one place that no one could break it, steal it, or, or destroy it, and that is in paradise. That is in heaven. You might as well start putting it in heaven now before it's too late. Put it in heaven. Put it in heaven. What? what Can you name some of the things that you're called to put in heaven? Faith, Faith, put it in heaven. Lack of faith, right? Put that in heaven. Let him build your faith. Love, put it in heaven. Thank you. Now someone's going to get earthly on me and say, yeah. My marriage, put it in heaven. Church, put it in heaven. Children, that's right. (laughs) Put it in heaven. Jobs, put it in heaven. Money, put it in heaven. Talents, put it in heaven. Friendships, put it in heaven. Are you guys getting this? My car that's breaking down, should I buy a new car, should I not? should I get a lease, or should I buy... Put it in heaven. God has some answers for you there. Put it in heaven. Put it in heaven. I'll say it a lot today. See, when, when we think of money, when we think of our career, some of the things that you just mentioned, when we think about relationships, is it... Is it is it with a desire in paradise? Is it with a desire on paradise to build his kingdom while on earth? When you think about career and relationships and money and all the things that you mentioned, or is it, is it a desire that is on us to build a kingdom that is here on earth? Like, like seriously, we need to evaluate before I continue on in this message. We need to really define where are we right now in, in the midst of this context of scripture. Where am I so that we could continue to flow to the next passage, I mean to the next part of the passage. Because some of our treasures might be, maybe different. Some of our treasures may be different. You guys understand what I mean by that? You see, yours may be one that never wears out. Yours may never fail. Yours is safe and never will be destroyed. Yours is set up in heaven. But you may be living with someone, or you may be sitting next to someone in this very church whose treasure will be eaten up, destroyed, broken, or stolen. That's powerful, man. That's powerful. And the message today put it in heaven is is so important and and I believe a lot of that is because we lose we lose vision. You've ever had clear vision and everything is going is not great because there's opposition? But, but everything is going victorious, though, though, though you struggle, though there's weakness, though there's problems, though there's opposition, but, but, but you're on the path. You're on the path to eternity. You have clear vision. Ever been there? And, and the moment that something blurs your vision, gets in the way of your vision, it begins to get cloudy, your thinking process changes, the way you act changes, the way you live changes, your attitude changes, the way you smell changes, I don't know. <laughs> Ever been there? You've been with someone there, like, man, that person's on the track regardless of what they carry. But then moments later, like, oh, that person came off the track. I, I believe that a lot of that has to do with, 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 with sight, with sight. I believe that a lot of that is all tied into this passage with treasures and where it's set on. Let's go to verse 22 and 23. Maybe you understand it if I keep reading. It says this. He, he, he goes on and he speaks about where to put our treasure, but he doesn't stop there. He's going to get looked deeper now. And he says this. Your eye, let me talk about your eye for a moment. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. When it's good, there's good things. When it's bad, bad things happen. You guys are with me? Your whole body's filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, because that's a lot of that, man, going on in Christianity today. Everyone's Christian. Everyone says the words, I love you. But my goodness, you spend some time with them and their actions are actions of darkness. And if you think that your light is light and instead it is darkness, look what he says next, how deep that darkness really is. Because what... What it is there, it's, it's you fooled yourself to believe that you're in something that you're not. And how do you take someone off something that they believe they belong to something and they deceive themselves? They have a deceived mind that they say they represent Christ and the light, but their acts and their works of that of darkness. You know how many people are like that? Not us. Do, do you struggle? Shoot, I pastor a perfect church? Heck yeah, we struggle. Do we have weaknesses? Heck yeah, we have weaknesses. Are there downtimes? Heck yeah. Are there good moments and bad moments? Heck yeah. But 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 what I'm trying to say is, is your life engulfed in darkness whilst yet proclaiming the light? Or are you of the light in the midst of darkness? Casting darkness off every day. So so let's get into this text here. Your eye like a lamp that provides your body. That's so important. The eye, because just like the heart at times is mentioned, the eye is mentioned a lot. And you have to remember the writers of scripture are Israelites. And to an Israelite writer, this this phrase like your heart and your eye is used often. Let me teach you for a moment what I mean. It's used often in Jewish literature to to show that, that it's revealing the quality of a person's inner life. That's what it's really talking about. So when the Jewish writer writes something like your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body, what the Jewish writer is writing is it's a part of the history of their writings and their literature that what he really means is I'm really diving into the innermost part of your life. And he breaks down two kinds of eyes. Number one, what's the first eye he breaks down? A good eye? A good eye, a... An, uh, a healthy eye. Number two, what's the other eye he, he mentions? He says, it's not a good eye. It's not a healthy eye. It's a what? It's a bad eye. It's an unhealthy eye. Let's break down the first one. Healthy eye. Everyone say healthy eye. Healthy eye. Yeah, healthy eye is clear, clear, clear vision if you're writing notes. So so when the Jewish writer writes, your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. And when your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. He there is describing a clear vision. Meaning this, ready? He's signifying a person who is loyal, devoted to God. That's who he's describing there, the writer. Someone who who is loyal and devoted to the things of God. That's a healthy eye. That's clear vision. I'm going to get some point in about 15, 20 seconds. Then he goes on, he says, don't count, just listen. Then he says, there's an an unhealthy eye, there's a bad eye. Well, what's a bad eye? If the first one is clear vision, the bad eye, the unhealthy eye, guess what that is? That's impaired vision. Well, what does that signify to the Israelite writer? It means one who is morally corrupt. So so now you could grab the definition of the text there and, and you could substitute it with what we read in the English language, right? Your eye is like a oh no, your loyal devotion to God provides light to your body. That's a good spot for an amen. Your loyal, devoted self to God provides for you. Everyone say provides. I don't know if you're catching the word that I'm using a lot there. Provides. There's a provides. You know what? There's a prophet. Provides. There's a a prophet. The prophet is found when the things are laid up and put in. A loyal, devoted to God provides for your whole body. And then and then, an unhealthy and, and bad eye, an impaired vision is one who is morally corrupt. He, here it is. The importance of seeing, the, the relation of verse 22 and 23 to the verses that we just read in 20 and 21 are so important. The, the polluted life, it's telling us in scripture, is one who has, who has no vision, who has lost vision. And scripture tells us that a dying soul is one who has no vision. Amen? So so can I give you what I wanted to share with you? Here it is. Vision is not necessarily I need everyone's attention listen to this. Vision is not necessarily thinking big. Vision is thinking holy. That's vision. That's vision. Thinking, I mean, think big and think great and think positive. I love all of that. But what good is big and positive and great if there's no life of holiness drawn out in your life? And that's what vision is. It's a devotion. It's a loyalty to the things of God. You're set apart because he's set apart. Your your vision being impaired, your your life being morally corrupt while while stating we're Christians, it doesn't doesn't stain us and it doesn't really necessarily, I'm going to talk long term for a moment. Ready? It doesn't stain me. It doesn't stain the person next to you. It doesn't stain us. I'm I'm not going to give excuses anymore. It doesn't hurt the church. It doesn't stain the church and it doesn't doesn't stain God. You know who it stains? When we live morally corrupt and our vision is not right, let's be very honest. Ready? You're staining yourself. You're hurting yourself. I've seen many people be stained and walk out and the church continues to live and flow and grow and do great things. And they thought that everything was going to crumble because they walked out. Who lied to you and told you that? Because the real person that you're really hurting and staining by, by thinking earthly, by having a vision of this world and not having a paradise and a heavenly mindset is your And it's the people that, that love you the most, that look for your guidance and your leadership. Last week, I, I encouraged the fathers with a, with a very uh, a genuine and straightforward heart. And if you were here, I meant every word that I said. The impact that every single, not just fathers, every single one of us carries. And yet, I need to talk to you guys real quick about your mindset. I need to talk to you real quick about paradise and what you're laying your treasures in. Is it on that? Is it on the heavenly things? Or is it on things of this earth? Because that right there, when you really see where your treasures are and where the desires of your heart is, that right there reveals, reveals, reveals your vision. And whether you are morally corrupt without you even knowing it or whether you're loyally devoted to God. Never said perfect. Loyally devoted to God. I am loyally devoted to my wife. But trust me, I am not a perfect husband. But I am. But don't get it confused. I am loyally devoted to her. And come, okay. Put it in heaven, amen. That was God saying, "Shut up, getting in trouble." Put it in heaven. Because because at the end of it, the church Christ, it remains safe. It it it, it lives on. It's protected. It's guaranteed. It stays whole. You guys know what I mean. We're gonna go in eternity one day, we're gonna go into paradise one day, and we're gonna see it all on oh, its fruition. We're gonna walk into it. And and, and, and you're gonna be like, what happened there? There's a massive crack, there's a dent, there's a stain, there's 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 mold, there's 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 termites. What, what happened to this section of heaven? And and they're not gonna look at you, and and, and God's not gonna say, oh, oh, oh yeah. That, that is because Amando broke. Amando's Amando did that. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Heaven stays and heaven remains and heaven is strong and, and God is going to continue. What, what I need to focus on is, is, is my life a life that is giving glory to God here on earth? Because, because at the end, that's what it's all about. I need to put it in heaven. Let's go to verse 24. So, so we have this eye. We have this vision. We have these treasures. We're going we're to tie it all together. What happens? I, I need to put it all in heaven. Verse 24, Jesus says, here's the main problem. Ready? You can't serve two masters. You're going to hate one. You're going to love the other. You're going to be devoted to one. You're going to despise the other. You can't serve God, and you can't be enslaved to money as well. You can't serve God, and you can't be loyal to the world in itself as well. It just does not make sense. that The word serve there indicates the work of a slave. When he, when he says you can't serve two masters, you can't be a slave to two kinds of people. You can't say yes master to one and yes master to another because we already have a master and when you belong to a master, you can't be divided and say, well, I'm committed to this master, this percent of my life and I'm committed to this master the rest of the percent of my life. It doesn't work that way because at some point or another, those two things are going to go to war with each other and you are going to decide which one you lean on. You can't serve two masters. It's impossible. You can't, you can't. There's no way, there's no way that you could say, I'm from paradise but yet all my words and all my thoughts and all my actions are of earth can't serve two masters can't do that can't be divided someone say I can't be divided mm-hmm. don't, don't be fooled to think that that I can live divided and yet be okay I can do as they do but yet be still okay by having a a, a moral part of my life no, no, that's not how it works. You put Jesus in a box. Jesus, Jesus doesn't go in a box. Jesus, Jesus overwhelms every part of your life. Uh, I, I want to make sure they understand this because if we are his and he is ours, our master, our Lord, our God, then he says what he says in the next verse. Ready? You can't have two masters, you can't have two masters. Everyone put their eyes on verse 25. Here it is. This is why. You can't have two masters. This is why, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or enough drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? I'm almost seeing how Jesus is talking to his followers and he's recognizing and he's evaluating and he's discerning every heart and he's recognizing, I know that all of you are not serving me. Why? Because I'm hearing your conversations and I see that the things that you worry about, heaven doesn't worry about. Oh, man. So in the middle of his teaching, he says, you can't serve two masters. You're going to love one more than the other. You're going to serve this one and not this one, and you can't be divided. And everyone's in the middle of this conversation. And Jesus says, and this is why I tell you, you can't worry about food and about drink and about clothing. And he goes on on this spiel here. And what he's really saying is, did you think I didn't hear what you were saying in the back of the line? Did you hear I didn't hear that conversation over there in the side? Do you hear that I, do you think that I don't know what your heart is really pouring out from you? I'm recognizing that the things that have you anxious, that the things that have you all worrisome are things that heaven is not a bit worried or anxious about. What is your mind in? Because it's controlling, it's controlling how you're living on earth. Do you know that? I say this because I have a power and have authority to say this. Because guess what my greatest weakness is? Guess what my greatest struggle is? My darn mind. Okay? And I'm not a fool. And I'm not trying to play around with you guys and say, I got it all together. Come and figure this stuff out with me. No, no, no. I'm telling you today that I'm not dumb and I know this. Ready? I get this stuff. And this is what I get. When I am filled with anxiety that I can't even get up from bed. And when I'm crying because of all my worries. I know what's really happening there. There are areas in my life that I'm not trusting God in. Your pastor just said that. If you want to keep coming next Sunday, keep coming. But I'm being very honest. I know that that's really what's happening deep down in my soul. (laughs) Now, I could lie to you and say, you bunch of heathens. You got to trust God and and you got to stop worrying and stop being anxious. Let's just be real right now and say that the reason why we struggle the way we struggle is because our minds are actually infiltrated with the things of this world and we're not giving it to the things of heaven, to the things of God. So we're living our lives in actions defeated because we're not walking in the victory and the power and the thoughts of heaven. Amen. Amen. Oh, man. So, so I'm not scared to say these things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Who do you think you ought to say that? Who do you think I said? Go talk to my wife and she will tell you the truth about what I'm telling you right now. <laughs> She'll tell you the truth about what I'm telling you right now. I'm not lying and I'm dealing with this, and, and, but guess what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to draw an end to it by the power of God. Now, I could sit there and say, well, that's just who I am. And you know what else I could do? Can I be just going to talk? I'm going to get off the script for a second. Can I tell you what else I could do? I could go see a psychologist and a psychiatrist and take some medication. Well, you think that's what God really wants for me? I mean, I'm not saying that medicine is not important and that seeing certain people for help is not important and going to see a doctor is not important. God gave us those things for a reason. And there is an extreme of kind of people that I'm talking about. But I know that there is nothing wrong with me. I know that what's really going on with me, if they do some diagnosis, checks on me is because, bro, I don't know what's going on with you, and then God's going to give me a gut check and say, what's really wrong with you is not that you need a pill or spend hundreds of dollars to see with someone. What's really wrong with you is you got to get on your knees and get in the presence and get in the word and start thinking like heaven and stop thinking like earth and watch that your treasures, man, your treasures. Sometimes i got to just talk to myself so that someone can understand what I'm saying. You know, I start driving and I start saying things, and someone looks at me and says, you're crazy. No, I just got to make sure that I'm preaching to myself. I mean, do you guys understand? Like, like. I could go on. I could give a whole workshop right now on on worry and anxiety. So there's this battle, right? There's this fight, there's this hurt. How many of you, don't raise your hand, but you're battling and you're hurt and you're fighting in the physical? Yeah, in the physical. How many of you do this, huh? Anyone share that burden with me? How many of you do that? crazy. How many of you do that? There's a battle. There's a fight. There's a hurt in the physical. Let me say it one more time. There's a battle. There's a fight. There's a hurt in the physical because there's a sickness. There's a disobedience in the spiritual. I could talk to you guys about some personal things right now, but I really want you to keep coming to church. Because <laughs> I know how it is. I've been a church person since I was young, and then sometimes I'm like, you see, that pastor can't lead me because he struggles with what I struggle with, so i got to go find a pastor that has victory in the things that I struggle with. Well, I'm so glad that you put pastors in the place of God. <laughs> I'm not even getting there. <laughs> what do you think? Did you go to the church and that guy doesn't struggle with something? Put God there and, and just do life with some of your pastors and do life with some of your leaders and do life with some of each other. And you'll see that some of your greatest strengths is the person sitting next to you's weakness. Oh, man. Some of you guys have impacted me more. Not because you worship well and you preach well and you pray well and you lay hands and you anoint with oil. Some of your greatest blessings and ministries you've done in my life is watching you live out your life in your weakness. There's a fight, there's a battle, there's a hurt in the physical because let's be real with each other this Sunday, Paradise Part 4 series because there's something sick in the spiritual. Yeah. Let's just end this message as we get ready to almost, almost close. All aspects of our lives should be viewed through the lens of paradise. which. should how can I say this? Wait, all aspects of our lives should be viewed should be viewed in the lens of paradise. So how can I say it? Put it in heaven. Right, Tito? Put it in heaven. <laughs> and make sure he's doing good, you know? So sometimes I'll call Tito. Tito, am I lying? Because you can say I'm lying. Because you... Out of everyone in this church, you know me very close. No, no, am I saying, When sometimes we'll talk to each other and I'll say, How's your marriage? Yes or no? Am I lying? Yeah. Because he can, he can lead well and worship well, but how's his marriage? Is it in heaven? Put it in heaven. Put it in heaven. All aspects of your life, put it in heaven. 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 Put it in heaven, but I'm worrying. Put it in heaven, but I'm anxious. Put it in heaven, but how am I going to make money? But Put it in heaven, but they're about to lay like 10 people off my job. Put it in heaven, but my wife hasn't loved me in a long time like the way I want her to love her. Put it in heaven, but my husband, he's coming home late. I don't know what's going on. Put it in heaven, but my children, they're being disobedient. And You guys could just come up here. You guys just come and serve and do the thing, and, 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 and my children, they're being disobedient, and, 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 and I don't know where they're going at night, and I think they're lying to me. Well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? Put it in heaven. Lay up your, lay it up. Those are treasures. Your child is a treasure. You're worrying about your treasure. Put it in heaven. Lay up your treasures in heaven. I'm telling you right now. There it's not going to decay. There it's not going to falter. There it's not going to die. There it's not going to be corrupted. There it's not going to be rusted. It's not going to be destroyed. It's not going to be stolen. How many of you are so worried in life? How many of you are so anxious in life? I'm telling you that if you are. Just like I struggle with it. here, I'm telling you that if you are. You are missing out on experiencing heaven on earth. You are missing out on paradise on earth. Come on on, church, put it in heaven. 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 Therefore, therefore, do not worry. Do not be anxious, he says. Our anxiety and our worry is because our view has shifted, exchanging the imperishable for the perishable. Sometimes I feel like I might lose someone with those kind of words. We exchange the the imperishable for the perishable. And and he gives us, I think this is a great, I said I I might, I'm going to start closing, but I haven't closed yet. But he gives us two how much more examples. Can I read verses 26 through 30? This is good. He says, "Why, why are you worrying about your clothing? Did you notice Did you notice that when we live a life defeated by our thoughts and our worries and our anxieties, that we worry about the stupidest things, the silliest things, the most foolish things, like what, like clothes, like bread and like water? Come on, how many of you since the day you were a child, every day you've woken up, there's been, maybe it wasn't the filet mignon you wanted, but hey, it was that rice scrapping from the bottom that you ate it hard and chewed on. That was the last rice you ate. And my goodness, it was that leftovers food from two days ago. And you had that Pizza Hut box in the fridge now for three days, but hey, it's food. How many of you every single day since you've been a child, God has given you food, God has given you water and today you walked in thank you for doing this with clothes on your back how many of you how many of you those silly things that we live with every single day how many of you Those are. how many of you understand that that's provision from God yes yeah. Now, do you see that when we live a life on earth, when we live with a mindset on earth, when we don't live with a heavenly mindset, a paradise mindset, we start worrying about the silliest of things like food and water and like clothes. And God says, since when in the world have you ever woken up and cared about your food and cared about your water and cared about your clothes? You've always had those things. And yet it's a revelation to us that when our mind's not right, when our vision is not right, when our heart is not right, it's the silliest of things that become come the greatest of problems How many of you are growing today? Good cuz that's what this stuff is about here like I'm not just trying to cheerlead you guys and get you excited this is this is it And he says this he says Look at the birds I just feel like talking to you guys for a moment. Give me, give me that, give me that, give me that store right there. I just want to talk to them for a moment. He says, he says, what? What does he say? Look at, Look at the birds. They don't plant. They don't what? I'm too close to you guys. They don't harvest. They don't store food in barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Hmm. And aren't you far more valuable? How much more are you? Come on, how much more? And they are, can, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? How many of you worried today? How many of you worried yesterday? Like seriously, because I do. <laughs> how much of those worries really did something for you today? Right, let's just keep reading. Verse 28, and why worry about your clothing? Some of you guys look really sharp today. My favorite ones are the ones wearing volunteer and hype shirts. You guys look really good. I wish the whole church was wearing hype shirts and volunteer shirts, but maybe they'll be here today at team night, and they're going to start wearing them hype shirts and the volunteer, and the whole church says. All right, let's keep getting to the message, right? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, but... But yet Solomon, in all of his glory, he was not even dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, He will certainly care for you. Why, why, why do you have so little faith? I, I'm going to preach on that for, in, a, in about ten seconds. But but why do you ha- no five minutes? But why do you have so many? Why do you have so little faith? How many of you get discouraged when you hear that? Huh, why do you have so much? Ma- Don't be discouraged. Don't let the worry, are like, why do you have so much? You see, I have little faith. God, Jesus is telling me I have little faith. You're already worrying because I'm telling you you have little faith. Your anxiety's kicking in right now as I'm telling you, why do you have so little faith? Like, tick, tick, I know. Does that mean I'm not going to go to heaven because I have little faith? Oh my God, like, I know it. And you're always like, stop. He asked you a question Why do you have such little faith? That's better than saying, why do you have no faith? Come on. Because what it's doing is he's not dismissing you. He's giving you an area to grow in. He's not giving you a door that he's kicking you out of. So the question of why do you have so little faith is not to discourage you. It's just to grow you. It's just to grow you. Because he could have stood up there and said, huh. Well, why do you have no faith? But he doesn't do that. He says, you have little faith. But, you know, if you study the scripture, you know what little faith does? If you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you will look at that mountain, Kathy, and you will tell it to move, and that mountain will move. I am not destroying you because of your little faith. I'm just telling you, don't get comfortable living in your little faith. That's it. That's it. Because let's be honest, how many people do great things in church and they're functioning with little faith? Why? Why does God use them? Because little faith can move mountains. (sighs) But now if you grab someone with big faith, that person might move a whole entire nation. That person might move a whole entire continent. That person might move a whole entire earth. So what do you say? You read the scripture and you preach that part so powerful in your mirror. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you'll tell that mountain to move. And that mountain should move. You're satisfied with the mountain? I want to shift nations. I want to shift kingdoms. I don't want to just tell a mountain to move. Little faith tells mountain to move. I want bigger faith. I want to stand before people and kings and say phrases like, like let my people go and and say phrases like part the sea and and say phrases like sun Stand still and, and, and I want sun to start listening to me and, and the moon to start listening to me not because of anything but just because I function with a bigger faith uh, let's keep going into the scripture he says and if God cares so wonderfully for that that is thrown into the fire tomorrow he's going to care for you why do you have such little faith don't become so overwhelmed by the simple things Food, drink, and clothing. If you remember, as we end part four of our series, we're so quick to forget, but Jesus looked at us and said, today you'll be with me in paradise, and yet today we're struggling again with our worries and anxieties. Welcome to the club, but it doesn't make it excusable. We got to deal with that stuff. How many of you are ready to deal with that stuff, huh? Because I value you. Everyone say, he values me. Can I share something with you? Out of all of the creation, you're the only one that he created in the image of God. That means something to him. Yes. Out of all of the creation, you, we, human, mankind, we're the only ones that have something that no other creation has. The, whew, the breath of God. Yes. No one else has the breath of God. Guess who does? I do. Like, whew, that's God's breath. Yes. You thought it was yours? That's, he, he gave you that breath. Out of all of the creation, something specific was given to you, dominion. Out of all of the creation, something was given specifically to you, his son, Jesus Christ. You're special. You're valuable. You're a treasure to him. You're more valuable than you could ever imagine. The problem is, write this down. The problem is not that you are of no value. Instead, it's in what you put your value in. Do you know, can I say something? Do you know that in hell, there's people of great value to God? Yeah. Uh, yeah. People he loved in hell that had great value. I believe that. It's where your treasure is, church. That's my concern, God says. That's where your treasure is. That's my concern. Come on, put it in heaven. That's where it's protected. That's where it lasts. That's where it grows. That's where it's forever. Don't put it in places which will eventually be burned up, thrown into the lake of fire, laid up in heaven. Put it in heaven where it will never find its end. You worry and you're anxious because paradise has no place in it. Where is your vision as we close? Where is your devotion, church? Is heaven, is heaven in your heart and is your heart in heaven? There is hope. Say that for yourself. There is hope. There is hope. There's hope. How do I know there's hope? Because he looks at you and says, why do you have so little faith? That's a statement of hope. That's a statement of hope. It implies a deficiency rather than an absence. I just need a little bit of help. But it doesn't mean that I'm absent of faith. Don't get me wrong. You might see me struggle tomorrow, but don't get me twisted. Mess with me on a good day. I got faith in me. It's a deficiency. It's not an absence. Faith, it's, maybe it's just been injured in your life, but, but it's still there, your faith. And, and, and this is what we end with. He ends with the, 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 the cream on top. Forget that, the cherry on top. And what's the cherry on top? After everything he said, after all the treasure and after the eyesight and after all these things that we have discussed, he comes to this conclusion. He comes to this end, and it's in verse 33 and 34. Are you with me? How about if you stand with me and believe this stuff with me? He says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you what you need. Don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Our duty, your duty, is to seek, to desire, to pursue, to aim at those things. That's it. That's it. I'm just going to read through Matthew Henry's commentary. Look at this. We must, we must mind heaven as our end and holiness as our way. Seek the comforts of the kingdom of grace and glory as your joy. Aim at the kingdom of heaven. Press towards it. Give diligence to make it sure. Resolve not to take up short of it. Come on, someone that's taking up heaven short. Pick it up again. Get back on track again. Come on, put it in heaven. Seek for his glory, honor, immortality. Prefer heaven and heavenly blessings far, far before earth and earthly delights. Come on. We make nothing of our religion if we do not make heaven of it. And with the happiness of this kingdom, seek the righteousness of it. God's righteousness, the righteousness which he requires, which causes havoc in us and is working through us. Seek first the kingdom of God and let your care for your souls. And another world, the kingdom, take the place of all other cares. And let all the concerns of life be made subordinate to those of the life to come. We must seek the things of Christ more than our own things. And if it ever comes in competition, we must remember to which we are to give the preference. Seek these things first. Matthew Henry says, first in your days let the morning be dedicated to God. Wisdom must be sought early. Seek the first every day. Let waking thoughts be of God. Let this be our principle to do that first which is most needful and let him that is the first have the first. So I close and I say, Seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness and all things shall be added. And Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, eight, and look what he says. He says, For bodily exercise profits a little. Things of this earth, exercise of the things of this earth, profit a little. But the things of heaven, the things of paradise, the things of God, but godliness is what? I need you to believe this for yourself. It's profitable for all things. Having promise of the life that now is and that which is to paradise. Profit in paradise. Think on godliness. Do not exercise on the bodily things, on the things of this earth. At the end of Solomon, as, as he gets ready to build up his kingdom, look what happens in verse 11 and 12 of Second Chronicles chapter 1. God said to Solomon, because your greatest desire is to help your people and you did not ask for wealth, earthly stuff, riches, fame, or even the death of all your enemies, or a long life. You didn't worry and your vision wasn't focused on earthly things. But instead, you rather you ask for, for wisdom and, and knowledge. Was what, 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 that biblical? Yeah, because the beginning of all wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So, so he sought heaven first. He sought the kingdom first. He sought paradise first. And he says, but rather you ask for wisdom, the things of heaven, and knowledge to, to what? To what? To properly govern my people. Now watch this, guys. Get the revelation. I will certainly give you the wisdom and knowledge you requested. Amen. But it doesn't end there. But I will also give you the wealth, riches, fame like no other king has ever had before you or will ever have in the future. Whoa. Why did I just read those two passages of scripture? Because I want you to notice the reward, church. I want you to notice the profit. It's found when the treasures are laid up in heaven. The blessings, there's blessings. The prophet, there's prophets. But it's only, according to these passages of scriptures, it's only when we put it in heaven. Put it in heaven. Put it in heaven. How many of you are ready to put it in heaven? Lay up your treasures in heaven. Thank you for for being part of this series, Paradise. Thank you. I hope it rocked your life. You know, they asked me in an interview, so what are some of the greatest messages, your favorite message you preach? And I said, well, it's hard for me to ever answer that question because God's always dealing with people in a certain way, in a certain place, at a certain time. But, but I would say today, coming off these four messages and being part of listening to one, not preaching one, has really impacted my life to the point that I know, look how much it's impacted my life, that I know that I got to deal with something, my greatest weakness, which is my, my worry and my anxiety and my thought process, amen. amen? So, so far, this is my favorite series, Paradise. And I hope it's rocked your life. And I hope, at least, if you didn't make it to all of them, that today rocked your life. And I hope you're understanding what God is pouring into your heart. I hope you understand this, all of you are being put it in heaven. You know, I'm excited for teen night tonight. Because I think after today's message, I believe that almost all of you are going to come because, because you've gotten a revelation of I, I get there's something bigger for me. I, I guess there's something bigger in us. I, I'm sensing that there, God wants more of me, and, and, and I'm going to put it in heaven. So tonight I'm going to commit myself to be at church at 5 because I'm going to start fresh. I'm going to do this all over again. It is, listen, it doesn't matter that you came off track. The, the point is that you come back and you do it again. You come back and, and you get on point. I, I'm just telling you, wherever you're at in your life, wherever at, where you're at where you're <laughs> With your simple things wherever you are with your thoughts wherever you are it's okay welcome home welcome home welcome home to a man and many other people here that don't have it all together in a sense I mean, we got the main things together but what I'm trying to tell you is we're going to continue to put it in heaven we're going to continue to trust in the process we're going to continue to look at the kingdom and we're going to give it all to the glory of God and we're going to say it's all, it's all going to be put in heaven all these, all these shortcomings all these things are going to be put in heaven yeah absolutely once and for all So I encourage you today to come at five. Can can you guys pray with me? Lord, I I thank you today for for this awesome opportunity, for this time that we've had together. Thank you, Lord God, for for we really just shared our heart. Thank you because it was real today. I I felt it in the sense of just being um, raw and uncut, nothing to hide, nothing to sugarcoat, nothing to pretend, nothing to fake. Lord God, just, hey, this is where we're at. This is what's going on. And Lord God, I can't even imagine, Lord. I can't even imagine what some of those things are, what some, where some of the vision is, is, is at here. I, I can't even imagine, Lord God, what, what, every single person in here is carrying, Lord. I, I, can't even imagine the, the things and the treasures that they're laying here on earth. And, 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 Lord God, today you've given us a word, you've given us a command, you've given us this encouragement and this push to grab all these things and, and just to lay up our treasures, lay up our lives, lay up everything of any value of any worth and put it in heaven. Lay it up in heaven, Lord. and, and We pray that today you've rocked people's lives. That today you've rocked people's personal space. That today people go home and they're just so disturbed because of what you've spoken to their hearts, to their souls. That, that they lose sleep because they're disturbed by what you've poured into them. Lord God, that, that there's a fire that begins to take place in them, Lord. I, I just pray that you would do miracles. Today, if you need prayer, right there where you're standing, just, just raise your hands and say, that's me, man. Today's message, at some point, wherever it was that God shared to you was for me. And, and that's your altar right there. Right there where you're at, just just raise your hand and, and say, Lord, I, I come. Come before Your throne. I come before Your presence. Start praying that, and, and Lord, You You know my treasures, Lord. You You know where I'm laying things, Lord. You You know my worries, Lord. You You know my anxieties. It's not good. It's not enough. It's not permissible, Lord God. It's It's You've called me to think like heaven, Lord. You've called my heart to be in heaven, Lord God. You're gonna You're gonna work these things in me because I'm no longer gonna entertain them with the things of this world. Come on, if that's you, begin to begin to cry and hey, out to God. And, uh, begin to pray to Him. Begin to give Him that way. Begin to say, Lord, I, I, I put it in heaven. Every aspect, every 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 drip of my life, I, I give it to you, Lord God. Be glorified through me, in me, Lord God. Do miracles, Lord God. I just pray, Lord God. I want to be a, a man of paradise, a man of kingdom, Lord God. My mindset oh, on the glory and on the kingdom of God. I, I don't want to get so caught up in building my little kingdom, my little family, Lord God, my little unit, oh Lord. I, I, I want to get caught up in, in building the kingdom of God and with every relationship, with every conversation, oh God, Lord, with every step of faith, Lord God, uh, the things that I don't see, Lord God, I want to walk into them, seeing them, Lord God, though they're not there physically, I see them spiritually, Lord God, I, I'm not satisfied, Lord, with with with, with just faith, the size of, of a mustard seed, I, I don't want to just tell mountains to move, Lord God, I, I, I want to shift s- cities and I want to shift cities, States and I want to shift nations and, and Lord God, I, I don't want to look at mountains and I don't want to flirt with mountains. And, and Lord, there are times where I feel like I can't even tell a blade of grass to move because it's smaller than a mustard seed. But Lord, I thank you because there is faith there, Lord God. There, there is something to build upon there, Lord. And and I pray that you, that you just make it bigger and stronger and, and that you would allow it just to grow up and, and that it would glow, Lord God, and that it would infiltrate and impact every, every part of my life. Lord God, I want to put it. I want to put it all in heaven. I want to put my marriage in heaven. I want to put my children in heaven. I want to put all my bills in heaven. I want to put my career in heaven. I want to put my finances in heaven. I want to put my friendship in heaven. I want to put the sicknesses in heaven, the disease in heaven. Oh God, I want to put it in heaven, Lord God, because heaven, heaven, no moth will come and eat it, Lord God. In heaven, no rust will destroy it. In heaven, no thief will break it and steal it, Lord. In heaven in heaven it will prosper in heaven there is blessing in heaven there is a reward so Lord here we are this church with a declaration our lives, our treasures our all we put it in I feel like you didn't get it we put put it in heaven put it in heaven put it in heaven Lord, we thank you for today. We praise you. And we give you thanks for this opportunity to do life together and to hear and grow in your word. Strengthen this body. And let 5 p.m. come. And let us have just a blast. And yet grow in you together. So we thank you for this service. And we thank you for what's going to happen at our team night and day at five and and lord we thank you for allowing us to be part of such an amazing church such an amazing nest like this continue to grow us mature us continue to build faith in us as we put it in heaven lord just let us continue to experience heaven here on earth paradise on earth thank you for this series how many of you were blessed by this series paradise amen